Is this how we're starting? Just pumping the boobs up a little bit? Yeah, that's what I like to do. I'm like, okay, are the, gr- are, are the boys in the right place? Are the, girl- are the girls in the right place? I've just, you know what? I've just stopped wearing a bra altogether over uh, the past like, few months. But sounds like my mom. Yeah? Yep. Although... Every time um, she's on the couch, boom, whips it off. <laughs> well, typically... <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Typically, that's what I would do. But, I mean, I guess I'm knock on wood. Like, I'm, I don't know why I'm, like, knock on wood. Not like my boobs are going to change. <laughs> like, knock on wood, I have smaller boobs. Like, as if knocking on wood is going to be, like, help them not to grow what am I right. talking about? Like they're just, they right. are what they are. So. Right. They're beautiful nuggets. Well, they're sure. So anyway, but because of that, I mean, I, I shouldn't make my friends jealous who do ha- have bigger chests because they can't just not wear a bra. Whereas right. I can. Um, right. But anyway. Nothing um, wrong. A little bit of hunchback. Nothing wrong. Oh God. <laughs> Only a man says that. I know. Anyway. Even the gay man. Right. Exactly. How are you doing? I'm good. As per usual, I just woke up out of bed and I'm feeling feeling good and Yeah. Nice to have a little bit of quality time together and just understand where we're at and how things have been. Because every time I say it every every time we record, it feels like it's been ages since we've recorded. Yeah, I know, even though I talk to you practically every single day. Well, yeah, I know, but also so, we don't see our faces. We don't no. do video. So when we see each other in video, it's it's almost like, and again, like the personal connection is everything in life and the vulnerability, the transparency, the, the personal connection. So I think that's why having our podcast as a video segment and auditory just gives that full picture. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... And just, I mean, we're recording this on a very strange day, I would say. I mean, I don't know if you, I, I didn't really want to necessarily bring up politics and the election. In the it's States, inevitable. It's inevitable. But it's so inevitable. And it's so natural because it's just what's happening right now in the world. I know. Um, I know. Even though this, the state necessarily isn't the world, but they, but it directly affects us for sure, being in Canada as our neighbor. So, well, I just messaged a friend of mine in London who um, I mentioned to that hopefully it will come on the show in the future. And even, even he said that everyone in the UK is on the edge of their seats and is freaking out for us. Wow. Like wow. it's that it's even though London's not as far as other countries and suffer cities in the world, like even the UK. Oh, is, yeah freaking out for the states and for us and that yes. i think because i partially i people that are listening or watching like, i call myself intentionally ignorant like i choose not to know what's going on in the world because if it's important i'll someone will tell me or i'll see it through social media channels and so the more oblivious i am mm-hmm. to things that i don't have much control over at least i'm kind of in my own world so i th- hear certain things i'm like that actually happened you know, I think that's also like maybe um, it's you're protecting yourself as um, an anxiety sufferer. I mean, I hate. I don't I wanna, think so. You know, or somebody who who already has um, struggles with the idea of things that they cannot control, and so yes. like, you are constantly looking at the news as somebody who is um, does deal with anxiety. Uh, I hate using the word issues, but um, 
challenges or conditions or conditions that, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's harder to be one that watches the news and realizes that there is really not much you can do. I mean, it's, it is the news, but, and a lot of it's negative too, though, right? A lot of it is to instill fear. It's to make us feel we don't have control. So it's also the way the media is portrayed because if the media in mainstream media, at least was portrayed equal, like, Hey, like here's all the great things that happened. And here are the things that are, that we need to pay attention to and be aware that are happening. It's just a way of rephrasing language and tone, but in the way that the industry has been phrased for us to be gripped, we live in fear. So when we are mm-hmm. feeling provoked or tuned in without knowing an answer, that's why we, they say like, you know, more coming up on breaking news, stay tuned because mm-hmm. that language makes you as a viewer sit on the edge of your seat in the system. Oh, for sure. The answer. And for so sure. it doesn't, it doesn't actually help us at all. And the election is a perfect example of not knowing even if Biden had all the seats in the world, there would still be the same level of anxiety because the answer hasn't been provided officially. Yeah, and there and there would still be, and no matter if that even happened, that there would be such a freaking pushback by the Trump administration. Yeah, well, he honestly, I mean, he, could, he he honestly he could fuck himself, and he would still be as stupid of an asshole as he already is. So I mean, like, well, and I can't. I honestly, I and that's. I have no words. I have no words. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I was just watching, you know, as uh, different states were coming up with, you know, their not just projected wins, but I guess at this point they do know certain states that do have yeah. swung one way or the other for certain. And I just, I just can't, I'm just baffled. I'm mm-hmm. baffled by how close it is. Like I really didn't, I really, really didn't think it would be this close again. We're just, yeah. Um, it's, it's a, a recurring nightmare now. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, I, know. I mean, it's not over. It's definitely not over, but, and then, and then this, this just, I mean, all also like trolls on the internet, on social media that just, you know, stay, say shit, just to stir the pot. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like what the news does at, at times too. Mm-hmm. So there was, um, I was sharing some positive news because amongst, I don't know if you saw my post. I did. Yes. And I saw it happen last night with some news. Yeah. So great. There is some great stuff coming out of this freaking burning schoolhouse or whatever, however however the hell you want to put it. But Sarah Mm -hmm. McBride becoming the first openly transgender state senator. Yes. It's amazing. So I, I posted about that and I actually del- see like when someone, when someone just shares something that's, or comments on with something that's just not useful and that is just so pessimistic and negative, I just delete it right away. Like I don't even let it, I know freedom of speech, all that kind of stuff. But no, like, but, you know but there's a, there's a fine line though. There's a fine line. Yeah. And so I don't know this person, but I, and I deleted the comment. I don't even know what her name is. Honestly, I just deleted it, but she wrote and she just said, what, what did she say? Absolutely disgusting. Or this is a a disgrace or something like that with like huge exclamation marks, like two or she's not, she doesn't follow me. It was just, you know, when you tag certain tags, I understand. find it. Was this in our podcast? Pit no, it's in my personal or not my oh. personal, but my Rachel Rosen yoga. And so oh. I, I thought about responding and see, this is the thing, everyone, like I, I thought about responding to that and it, it made me so angry that I wanted to, you know, say something either, either just like, wow, or, um, 
I don't know how, how ignorant can you be? I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, I just, I backpedaled and I, I almost wrote something. And I said, you know what? No, it doesn't deserve a response. No. So I deleted it. No, and, and, you, and I'm not comparing this whatsoever, but the, the foundation of picking and choosing where you, you give your energy to something. Yes. For example, like I have, there is a patron in where I teach that is notoriously chronically late mm -hmm. and has been spoken to by upper management that has been spoken to the people that differentiate who is permitted to be able to access and to utilize the programs within the facility that I'm that I teach for and uh they had one last chance and they still pushed the boundary of coming into the class that I was teaching past the the grace period of when they could come in and so mm -hmm. I only had a few people in class so it wasn't disruptive but it was still okay I can either throw a fit and, th and yeah. throw the room off with the other two people that did show up early and that were respectful, or I can smile, take the high road and let them practice because they did show up mm -hmm. and then afterwards deal with it then. And that's exactly what I did. And so therefore that individual will no longer be permitted in the facility because they tried as much as they could to, uh, to take advantage of the period that they're given. Yeah. So it's the same thing that we pick and choose our battles and how we effectively navigate around them. Like this woman that commented on your Instagram post. Right. They're not worth their energy because they're not going to change not. how they think anyway. Well, and the other thing is you not only pick and choose your battles, but it's, it's such a lesson on reacting. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we, we live in a world where, um, it's, it's too easy to instantly be, and, as, and especially for anxiety, people that cope with anxiety or that struggle with anxiety. I mean, our reactions uh, to that fight or flight mode are constant, you know, like it's, it's such a, for us, I mean, or for myself, I should say that quick to react nature of automatically going to the worst case scenario is too easy. I know. Right? And it's too easy. It's too easy to react in a negative way. Like, why is that? I don't know. Because, I mean, I look like at the PTSD. I really do. Because it's a learned pattern from somewhere that happened far enough. Yep. And so luckily, because of the awareness and the work I've done, I'm able to identify where those triggers and patterns come from if they come up now. And to remind myself, okay, you know what? I might need to feed this pattern a little mm -hmm. bit. Like, checking an email that I read or wrote um to or from somebody multiple times to get clarification to calm me down but it i'm able to stop it in the sense where i'm not freaking out but the pattern of doing the action might still be there but my emotional re reaction to it is now neutral mm. right like sometimes we have to just meet ourselves halfway because our it's it's no different than smoking a cigarette or taking a sip of alcohol at you know every 15 minutes in the day it's like we need our ways of coping or soothing whether yeah. it's and it doesn't matter what it is but those are just two examples that i can think of that someone very well might do for me i know for example i need to play with my hair like if i don't oh, I see my hair yeah. i need to fidget yeah. i need to do something i have crystals i have like thinking putty i have my phone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just something to keep my brain activated
So mm-hmm. we all have ways of coping. Or, or sort of like a distraction. Like not, I don't, you know, yes. it is a bit of a distraction. Um, yeah. But I think for those of us that are elevated thinkers, though, that's very common. And those of us that are doers, natural leaders and doers, like the think, like the personality and the, 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 the working nature of our brains, we have yeah. like doing, observing, strategizing, um, mediating, like I'm a doer. So I, doers naturally have to be doing something to keep busy, even if it's just a fidgeting tool. Like we, I'm the same. our brains I'm are the... so rapid. Oh, me too. And if I'm, yeah. if I'm not like, I, I mean, you can ask my husband, like, I mean, if I'm not doing, <laughs> what was that? Why'd you stick your tongue out? <laughs> He's cute, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. If you're not, um, wa- if you're, if you're only listening to this recording, go on YouTube. I'm not going to describe what I'm doing. You have to go into YouTube. I don't know if you want to say, yeah, sure, do it, do it. I dare you. I triple dog dare you. Mm. I lost my train of thought completely. We were just um, talking about anxiety. Oh, yeah. If, if, yeah, I mean, if I'm not, you know, consumed or busy with work or if I'm not moving my body, I'm cleaning the house or I'm doing, like, I have to be mm-hmm. busy constantly. Um, otherwise my, my brain does tend to take over. But with that being said, I mean, it's something we need to learn or I need to learn how to be okay with stillness. Right. And that's what we teach in yoga too, especially in Shavasana at the end of practice. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge lesson, but like, but back to reacting, I mean, you know, this woman commenting on the post, I mean, it's just, it's too easy. It's cowardly actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so easy. Like it's too easy to instantly react um, on these platforms and spit something out by just, you know, typing it, letting it go into the freaking ether, whatever you want to call it. And, and um, you're not face to face with people. So, I mean, that's, it's way too easy to do that. So, and I do think that's, it's, to me, it's a bit cowardly. Like who knows if this person actually would say that um, in person or to your face or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, but with that being said, it's still obviously part of her mindset. And that's yep, correct. what's scary. It's totally scary. And also, I mean, when we think about the way that people think and feel, I also like to think, you know, I don't know. Anything that's very personal to one's way of thinking, regardless if they're in the majority or the minority, or maybe there's a kind of an even balance on both there are certain places where you just don't bring those things up. And of course, social media is going to be a place for that. But I don't think it, I just, I don't know. I don't have, I don't know what to say about that. I really don't. Are they coming to get you? The alarms? (laughs) There's like two fire departments (laughs) in my area. So there's one like right down the street and there's another one further down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Downtown Vancouver for all of you. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So no, that was, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's, I've said this about a million, a million times. It's, it's weird times. It's weird times. And these heightened states of reality that we live in right now with just what is happening, um, that is so, um, out of the norm, so to speak for most of us is heightening 
things for everybody, whether it be good or bad or heightening the, the parts of us that maybe we're not so proud of necessarily too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, for me, that would be my health anxieties, right? So that's, you know, one thing definitely to talk about. I mean, uh, yesterday, and I'll bring up this story because I, I did want to bring it up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not super ashamed by this anymore. Um, and I'll tell you why that word "ashamed" comes to mind. But yesterday, I called Hero, and um, I was pretty upset. And I had just had um, an experience where I was disappointed in myself for not exercising all the lessons that or tools that I've used over the years to cope—not just cope, but hopefully one day heal my health anxiety. Um, or hypochondria, if that's what you want to call it. I mean, so when I say health anxiety, everyone like that, that is maybe it's a bit more PC version of saying hypochondria, but they're, they're, or they're almost the same thing, I think. So yeah, so I went um, for the first time since pre-COVID into the doctor's office. So my doctor has been working by like telehealth. So on the phone for months and, you know, if I've had something to talk to him about, it's been on the phone. But I decided to go in because I have some skin stuff that I just want to talk to him about. And he's like, well, I kind of want to come in and see. And obviously that makes sense. So I was kind of working myself up to like, okay, like as having health anxieties, like walking into a doctor's office is already kind of nerve wracking for maybe people like us because we're already looking for answers that we've already in our heads. It's like people with health anxiety have already diagnosed themselves right? Like we always kind of go to the worst case scenario. So now we're either getting reassurance that that's not the case or in, and in our minds, it's a real, like, for some reason, like life or death, like it's just so extreme. So anyway, I'm just saying that because walking to a doctor's office, like I said, is already nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to conquer this. And I've been listening to a lot of um, things about like neutralizing your, your fears or your anxiety and how do you come into a place of that does cause you major anxiety and come to a place of neutrality? And that was kind of like a practice for me. So I walked into the office wearing my mask, right? Cause they're mandatory. And um, there are only like two people in there, but I just happened to, <laughs> it's just my luck, I guess, in a way that I walk in and like one woman who's sitting there and supposed to screen them before coming in, she's sitting in there and she takes her mask down and she starts blowing her nose and she's in the other, other corner, not near me, but I'm like, Oh God, like get me out of here. Because then I'm thinking, Oh my God, is she sick? Does she have COVID? Am I going to like, and my brain just starts spiraling because I'm already in this heightened sense. So I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there and then another woman walks in and she's having breathing issues. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, obviously I hope she's okay. But, you know, the woman asked her about COVID, um, like, do you have shortness of breath and all these kinds of things? She said, well, no, but I having these chest pains, I'm like, oh my God, like where, why did I put myself in this situation? So anyway, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there again, this woman's wearing a mask, but we'll talk about this after my, my issues with people wearing those plastic masks that don't actually cover your face and they're sitting just off your face. I don't know if you've seen those. They're like the clear plastic, right? Yeah, it like or makes no sense to me. Yeah, because they're not actually, but anyway, and she's sitting on the, again, at least six feet away. Great. I'm wearing two masks, guys. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) This is, that's actually, I laugh at myself because it's not just one I put two on. So anyway, I'm I'm making this story really long. 
but just setting the stage, I guess. So, um, I get called in finally, I'm, I've been waiting like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes, which already that waiting has not made it any easier. Mm-mm. So I walk into the, uh, the actual doctor's office, not the waiting room and they close the door like normal. And then of course, you know, I think lots of comics have done this. It's like you wait in the waiting room and then you wait in the doctor's office. It's like, there's two waiting rooms really. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and waiting and it's probably been another 15 minutes or so. Okay. So my doctor walks in and he's not wearing a mask. And I'm like, he walks in and I, of course my blood just starts to like boil and my yeah. body gets super hot. I'm starting to almost get these panic hack sensations or symptoms and I said to him and he sits down and I'm like sorry but why aren't you wearing a mask like because I'm thinking like you've told like how can you tell all your clients it's mandatory or or your patients to wear masks in the office but you're not wearing one and he says oh um you know I'll explain it to you in a sec but he's like can you sit tight for a little bit longer because you have a woman who has heart or chest pains and I'm going to tend to her and I'm like well of course like what am I yeah what am I what am I going to say right but when, as soon as he left and things were just kind of heightening and heightening, I just burst into tears. So I'm sitting in the doctor's office, sitting there with my mask on. I'm starting to cry. He had closed the door. And I'm like, like thinking, again, there's that real fight or flight. Am I going to fight this? Am I going to not only fight this, but can I stay neutral and, and ground myself? Or am I going to flee? And I chose flee. I just couldn't couldn't deal with it anymore. So my, my health anxiety just got the, the absolute better of me yesterday morning. And I left. Um, and I told the woman, I didn't just like literally run out the door. I told the woman at the front desk, I said, look, and I was crying. I was like, I was very honest about it. So that's where, you know, you know, that's where I think when those experiences happen to be honest with yourself and even with others is very beneficial because at least you're not keeping it in. So I did not keep it. in. I said, look, I'm having a panic attack. I can't sit here anymore. Can you please have him call me? So I left. Then I just started, I literally was just bawling, but mostly because, and this is where we can have a discussion about this. Um, mostly because I was so disappointed in myself for after so many years of, you know, dealing with anxiety and being like, well, Rachel, you did it again. Like you couldn't, you couldn't, um, you know, hand, handle it, so to speak, and sit there and, you know, try to use all the tools that you've learned over these years. And you, you fled instead of deciding to, to fight or find that neutrality to sit there and to, you know, win against anxiety, so to speak. Right. So that's, you know, I called you later and I told you all about that. Um, so yeah. So that's what happened to me yesterday. It was, it was very, I was very disappointed in myself almost the entire day. Um, I did, I did seek out some quote unquote help. I called my therapist. We had a really good conversation about it. Um, interestingly enough, she said to me, look, Rachel, I mean, you've basically just threw yourself into the fire with, I understand that you want to try to put yourself into situations where you normally would have the most anxiety to teach yourself but she's like, maybe just baby steps. Like, come on. I mean, you, even you just walking into that office and doing that was actually huge. It so was huge. You know, you're kind of discrediting yourself or not giving yourself credit for certain things that did happen. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, 
anyway, so that was, yeah. And I just, I wanted to tell that story because I, I do, you know, I, I am, I am trying to be not trying to be, but I'm just, I'm very honest about all these things that are going on because we can't, I don't want to hide behind um, anxiety and let it win in that sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and ho- and I'm hoping it'll help someone out there to even just say, Oh my God, like I dealt with almost the identical situation or scenario the other day. And, and I was, I beat myself up for days and days. I mean, at least now with me, I can say that I beat myself up for maybe 24 hours Okay. Whereas everyone out there, whereas like years ago, I would have beat myself probably up for weeks mm-hmm. about exactly. that one scenario or circumstance. So exactly. Yeah. Well, so, it's, important. it's important that you do share these, these experiences because, you know, from the very first intention of our, of getting juicy was to pull the mask up mental health and to also really be clear about we're two people that have perspectives and experiences that are of use to other people that maybe we don't know are actually tuning in or in the future could be listening to these recordings in even five years from now. And they'll realize these people were trying to do something that maybe we're helping each other with the intention of helping them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And actually, interestingly enough, I was thinking, talking about, you know, hopefully helping people or, you know, giving, giving something like this to the world or to even one person. I was thinking the other day, cause we had an episode recently of talking about children, about having kids. And um, I'm not going to get into it. If you want to listen to that episode, you can, or watch that episode. It's out there about our views on kids and different perspectives. But I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know what, if I don't have kids, which I think, I think people do, do that in order to um, find something that they can, you know, love and, and uh, obviously bring up and kind of uh, like, I guess, give to the world to hopefully make the world a better place. I'm hoping some people have kids for that reason. (laughs) At Mm -hmm. least I'm like, if I don't have kids, maybe this is like my baby, you know, what else? Like, and that's, I think why like yoga wanting to give, give back is so important. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. So yeah, I did think about that. Well, yeah. Well, again, you. I want to add to what you're ta- saying as well, is because that's one reason why I wanted to get into teaching and sharing the practice is because it's the one thing that I knew that I could make somewhat of a living doing, but also knowing that I can do this and it's my way of giving back in a way that I know I'm able to give back. Because yes. there's been a lot of stuff that I, that's been dealt to me, and there's been a lot of stuff that's been provided to me um, through circumstance and also demonstrating my my worth of it but i therefore feel even more burden or grief or stress on my own performance of being a human to therefore constantly demonstrate that sense of appreciation and gratitude for those for those gifts as well as those um those blows that have been dealt to me, whether if I had control over them or, or not. Yeah. You know? And yoga is one of those consistent gifts that we can provide people, whether if it's just showing up and being there for somebody in how we show up for them emotionally and non-judgmentally, you know, non-violently like ahimsa or how we um, 
take the ability to be truthful about how we feel to someone or something and not denying our truth and therefore suppressing it and even getting sick because we can't, we're not honest about something. Mm -hmm. These practices exactly. that go far beyond the physical westernization of the practice are what I, and I made a post about this last night and yesterday on my personal Instagram at, at my name and saying that, even like Pratyahara, like the fifth limb of yoga, the start of Raja or Royal Yoga. And just because people are listening, I'm going to go into it anyways, but the eight limbs of yoga, the first four considered Hatha Yoga, which is what oh. most people practice, even if it's flow, power, vinyasa, it's Hatha Yoga, your movement, your meditation, your breath, and then sometimes a little weaving of like the ethics based on who's teaching you and how they're guiding you in the body. The other four limbs are Raja, Royal, King Yoga, more non-physical, more introspective, and helping to achieve ascension, enlightenment, or further clarity in you as a human being, in this body, in this channel. So the ability to remove your senses can also feel you pulling inside, and that gives you the opportunity to look inside instead of being constantly freaked out by your anxiety and by mm -hmm. your mindset that's maybe pulling you out of who you truly are inside. Oh, because yeah. you don't listen to yourself, right? And I'm constantly having to find that balance of both because we have to look out and we have to multitask and we have to do several things at once, especially when we're in a job environment, usually more than not, or even when we're crossing the street and we have to make sure we're not going to get run by oh, a car yeah. or bump into another human being, especially during COVID and stuff. Like, we're constantly in a place of fight or flight. And you brought this up when you're in the waiting room. And how do we? balance mm. these natural human instincts of fight mm -hmm. flight freeze submit in the in the in the sympathetic nervous system how do we do this effectively and also not discredit the way our brains are wired it's it's well it's never going to go away no and it's it, it's very challenging and it's a constant like it's every day um, something to work on like it's very constant now it's interesting that you that you talked about like you know well I don't know if you necessarily said this but things that are maybe wired into us our DNA from I mean god think about like um as cavemen or whatever you want to like I mean yeah. there was constantly like whether it be this enormous you know prehistoric beast that was always around the corner that was literally gonna maybe kill you yeah, exactly. It was like, I mean, there is something that's very deep inside humans. Yeah, oh yeah. In general. Now, with that being said, um, and I've, we've probably mentioned this a few times on our show, but we do have this amazing doctor, Dr. Rachel Yehuda, who's coming on the show um, mm -hmm. in early December. And we'll hopefully so get that. Really excited um, because she has been at the forefront of a number of, of high profile studies that have to do with generational trauma and just delving into the realities of that trauma being very uh, key parts of your DNA, like actually part of your scientific or sorry, not scientific, your genetic makeup. Yeah. Really excited to hear about that because, and I've, of course, if it's a million times again, both here and I are grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on um, in that respect. So, you know, I think that, we just we need to be kinder to ourselves too just we do. kinder we do um, we do and in addition to that in terms of how powerful um a conversation like that is and you know rachel and i won't say who is joining us in this conversation with dr yehuda we mm -hmm. won't say that of course but 
I think those that are that are listening to us and that are of our community, I think, and especially within Canada, I think they'll be really appreciative. And pro- and even Rachel and I were like, oh my God, really? Like, this is how powerful of a conversation this is. And to be able to share that as a collective about talking about these real scenarios of our culture and our ancestry mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. something that is pretty, I was blown away. I was blown away. I was like, you will you want to make the time to talk about these matters that are so close to our core and helping to share that with our future generations so they understand that we are we're survivors. We are the we're the mm-hmm. ancestry, we're the survivors of our ancestry, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really powerful thing to quote. We are the survivors of our ancestry. And it's our responsibility. We all are. I mean, yeah. and not not just to um make it about this jewish thing i mean no 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 we all we all are we all we all are as a as a universal backgrounds background no matter if it's judaism or non-judaism yeah whatever you've gone through in your life and whatever your your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents you know the whole lineage i mean Mm -hmm. it's true we all we need yeah you know what that's a really good way of putting it i mean when you do think about it we we are so we are all survivors each and every one of us Mm mm-hmm have survived the generation before us. So, you know, that, that can be a real sense of pride, you know, I think, um, and not luck, but, um, yeah, pride, I guess. Yeah. Perhaps. No, no, it's true. So (sighs) I'm really excited for this conversation with, um, Dr. Yehuda as well. And, and thank you for reaching out to her and, and, and discovering her and, and the fact that we can actually, we can reach that kind of um, audience to help bring this awareness of understanding where we come from. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And not only that, but I'm hoping to talk to her about like, okay, well now what's, what's next. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know this. That's, that's great. It's one thing to be aware and that's the first step. It's always the mm-hmm. first step, but like, how do we move forward with this knowledge? Sure. sure. Right. And, and is it something that we can not necessarily fix, but something that we can rise above and use as a tool maybe to, um, to grow, get stronger? Like, what do we, what do we do with this knowledge? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming mm-hmm. we don't just wallow in it, <laughs> which is sometimes uh, too easy to do, but <laughs> it can be easy to for sure wallow in, in information or facts or but I think, you know, we are, our generation and the generations that are after us that are alive now, you know, we are the change makers. We are the opportunity to show that there is so much development going on. Yes. And that's, what's important to realize. Like I look at even like some of the people that I work with now in my environment and they're, they're just graduated high school. And I remind myself constantly that I always have this kind of syndrome where I think I'm the youngest, I'm the baby. Yeah, you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And then they realize I'm not. I'm one of the more so-called elder people that are working in my environment. And I don't take that as an insult or as a criticism or as a positive or a negative. It's just a fact. But to understand reference points, even like when I sent you a, a gif of this is a kind of a funny aside, but I was yeah. sending to Rachel yeah, let's, just, let's bring some humor into this episode. It's been a little bit somber. Yeah, like like <laughs> like I was I was on break at my at my other job and um and we were just talking about like 
again, the excitement of all the things that were happening right now with our podcast and just we can't believe our little humble podcast, which is still going to be humble um, by default. but but that we are able to expand and to reach certain individuals we never thought would even take an interest in our even just seeing our name and giving us a response so anyways yes um we're sending gifts back and forth and for some reason someone doesn't know what a gif is it's just like a moving image like that's usually derived from a movie a tv show or some kind of reference point Mm -hmm. um or even a just a randomly made custom vector i don't know what you call it anyway so i sent her this gif and it's these two men i think that are like dressed in 90s sweaters and they look really really outdated and i said to her and i just sent her i just sent her without commentary and i'm like hold on a second what show is this from again and rachel's like oh my god you just showed your age right there yeah because rachel and i have like nine years difference from each other and so and i said hold on a second no 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 i i know i I'm not that young. I know that's saved by the bell, isn't it? And Rachel's like, uh-huh. I'm like, saved by the gift. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But it was just like, yeah, and that's just, it's, you know, and even going back to what you said about you being now realizing that you're not the youngest baby in your workplace or whatever it is and coming to that realization, it's just, that's just, it's all about getting older. That's just what happens when you get older, yeah. right? But like, also, Yeah. But here's what's interesting, though, is that I can reflect back to when I was working my first real job, I guess, if you want to call it a real job, because it gave me a lot of foundation for what I know now. And I was, you know, 21. No, sorry. No, I was 19. I was 19. And so I can look back and think. You were 19? I had jobs before that. Yeah, I was like. But in terms of like actually working you know, more than 20 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like working a full-time job where I'm working a full eight hour shift. Like I'm Mm -hmm. actually getting the idea reality of what a job is kind of like. And the job that I was doing was definitely high stress and a huge learning curve, especially if you're not having much prior work experience. Um, Though I freaking thrived, but anyways, um, yeah, I was a little shit. But anyways, the thing is, is that when it came to um, me looking at my leaders, my shift leaders, my supervisors, and so forth, right. I can reflect back. So when I have my team of people that I'm leading and that I'm working with and stuff, I'm able to have a lot of compassion and a lot of sincerity because I know what it's like and I don't look at myself as being older than them. I just look at myself as maybe having some reference points and some lived experience that might have some additional um, quality, I guess. That's something to so provide. mature of you though. Like that's so profound and so like um, a lot of people can't do that. Right. They just kind of so, think of it as subordinate or like you're yes, under me. And I don't yes, look at that at all. Exactly. So Not at that's all. A, that's amazing. And that's why I love you because I'm the same way. And I can't, I, that's what, that's what's so great. I love that. It's phenomenal. Like I've learned and so it, much. I've learned so much from, um, all the, all of the staff that I work with. And it's, it's an intimate team um, of us working together, but I've learned so much from those that are in their in the range of 19 to 25 i'll just leave it at that yeah. but it's really amazing and i've learned so much just and even just behavior or attitude or presence not yes. even things that are ever spoken verbally oh yeah it's 
you know, or like, for example, like another little funny humor to kind of brighten this, the tone up from the first part of our, of our episode, um, which is equally important. Um, you know, like when someone says, Hey, can I get your email please? Right. And so the customers give me their email to type into our Shopify account and they say at Hotmail, I'm like, yeah, OG original gangster. Yeah. Right. And then I kind of joke around and I kind of turn to my associate and I'm like, do you even know what Hotmail is? <laughs> oh, you know, but I, do people still um, create new Hotmail accounts? I don't know. I'm sure some people either. do. But I look around and I, and I didn't say like, I, did, I don't even say, like, do you know, like, you have a Gmail account though, right? Like, yeah. Did you ever have a Hotmail account? Like, I don't know what Hotmail is. I'm like, oh, there you go. Right? Or like, wow. even if they, even okay. I said this as well, like when we um, receive inventory, our process is using kind of like what UPS receivers would do, like the scanning yeah. device, yeah. right? But I look at this, I'm like, this literally looks like a Palm Pilot attached to a handle. We've <laughs> talked about this before. Yeah, like, you know what a Palm Pilot is? And, so and, the stylus yes, like, yes, so and you're tapping and yes. Yeah, one, you have a stylus and it's like, but, tap and you're trying to read the lines like windows 95 and i'm like see i that, totally get what's happening here it's not like i'm incompetent by any mean but no this but this technology is still being used in 2020 like this is crazy and i thought when those when the palm palette came out and you know there was a touch screen i was like what is this this right? is so crazy right the, trio. the future and then you know not even what a couple of years later it's something like, like that smartphones like i mean everything is just well, it was just got like super quick with technology. Like, well, it has. Hands. Well, because it was Palm so, Pilots, and it was like, well, and yeah. when people said, like, "What's a Palm Pilot?" I'm like, basically, a Palm Pilot was everything in your in one device minus cell reception. Right. You know, okay, so and, I and forgot about that. It that's kind of how it was. Right. But then I, I don't think I the first brand that I can think of, whether if they were the first or not, but was Trio, and that's was like, here's your Palm Pilot, and now it's a cell phone. And it's oh, a, it can fit in the palm okay. of your hand. Yes. Then from there, that's when we eventually, I don't know how far soon it, we then saw the iPhone and we saw right. the, or even like the sliding cell phones, the flip phones became yeah. a day of the past, well, you know? The Blackberries were. Yeah. Blackberries were very similar to that. that yeah. Even, but yeah, I just have totally. to share to, to get people excited about this episode again with Dr. Rachel Yehuda because yes. he kind of alluded to this, but maybe it was lost in translation. Yes. Um, we have a special guest joining us in conjunction with Hero, because Hero and I are special, right? We're not guests of our own podcast, but we have someone else joining us. Um, so there will be four people on the screen for the first time. And this special guest is literally a Canadian icon. Um, yes. And she just, I just, I'm so excited because we just got this news yesterday that she'd be more than thrilled to join us on, in this discussion because yeah. there's a commonality of her family with the Holocaust as well. And she just gave me a thumbs up with confirming for it. So Amazing. Sharing that, but not sharing her name and not sharing her picture. Do, 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 do. So, <laughs> um, that was pretty exciting. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Again, I know we got really into a few different uh, topics there, but. But it's all, it all relates. It yes, all relates. And that's, and that's why we were so excited um, additionally to even just having Dr. Yehuda with us joining us. So yes. And Mark, also Mark Marion, I did ask you, but mm, I didn't get a response. So too bad. <laughs> oh, Mark, you're missing out, buddy. You're missing out. I know it shows that you saw our messages. Yeah, exactly. and our, and our, we even left you a voice clip. We left you a voice clip. Know, good, but, he, but it looks like he saw it or at least listened to maybe one of them. And that's Which is huge. Fine, and that's huge. Which is and that's huge. Totally fine. We he knows your you. voice exists. 
Exactly. So all good. And Seth one, Rogen, one, if you're listening day. to this, just saying, if you're listening to this, Seth, in the future, you know, I just watched your American Pickle movie. So I know if you're if you're brining 100 years or whatever and now alive in the future of our current generation and you want to come on, bring that pickle juice with you, buddy. Bring it. Bring your schmeckle. Bring your schmeckle and make it kosher. Add a couple cloves of garlic to it, too, and you got a party. Speaking of Yiddish and, like, thinking. So I think from now on, when I think of any health related anxiety ailments that I might have, but maybe I've like created this symptom in my head because I'm just, you know, I think I'm just going to say it in my mind as an old Jewish booby. Yes. So I'm going to like, and that'll just put hopefully actually, and this is an actual tool to use for people that have anxiety. So like, and I've just been learning this through the anxiety guy, by the way. Mm. So um, I forget exactly the terminology he uses for this particular tool that you can use, but if you have a recurring thought that's just like over and over and over and over, sometimes in order to get exhausted by it and just be like, Ugh, okay, I've had enough of this. Let's move on. Change the tone, either of your voice of how you're saying in your head, create it, maybe think of your favorite cartoon character. So make it Correct. silly, right? Correct. Make it silly. Like, and so that's what I was just thinking right now. I was like, I was like, Oh God, I think why, why when I breathe, there's a little, like a little funny chest pain oh my god i'm having this i'm having that and then honestly though everyone i'm pretty sure it's just from exercise <laughs> i don't know how to just feel comfortable in my body after i've done exercise and there's some stiffness or some soreness yeah from totally. now on i'm just gonna say <laughs> how do i'm really bad at accents i was gonna say try to make it in a booby like oh like, <laughs> i can't even do it like how would you how would you speak as a booby um, I can't even like, and booby, I'm sorry, everyone, for those of you that don't know what that is. It's not booby, not like my boobies, my boobies. Booby is grandma, grandmother. Yeah, bubby. Bubby. Um, I would probably okay. say, oh, look at that, the ribs are broken. Oh, mm, mm, mm. It's terrible. You asked, I delivered. Oh, and I'm just trying to think of like, oi, 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 gewote, the schmecker, the schmecker. Ugh, 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 ugh. Yeah. Oi, gewote, I got this pain in my, this pain in my chest. Yeah. I don't know what it could be like. Ah, ugh, I don't know. Anyway, try to try to make those voices silly. It's true. Don't take yourself so seriously. Like that. No, no. And hopefully that little tip helps somebody today. I don't know, but just totally silly. Exhaust yourself. And if you're like, and if, and if you're like me, where you sometimes reread a message you wrote and you wonder how someone interpreted it, or, you mm. know, you wonder why they responded oh, to like that too. part of, they respond to part of your email or text message, or they just don't. And sometimes you'll say, you'll see that they've seen something. I've had to continuously realize that we always process information differently. So, mm. and we tend to think that our way of processing is the way that we expect others to process it. And that's not the case whatsoever. And chances are, if we're thinking of something, 95% of the time, they're not thinking about it whatsoever. Mm. It enters their brain and it goes, mm. and we're the ones thinking about it for ages, unless if we let it go or we ask about it. And then they clarify that no, you're in your head, you're overthinking everything. Even my best friend who was on the show earlier with us um, on episode eight, Genevieve Clements, who's one of my dearest friends, and I asked her flat out, and she's like, yep, hero, like you're an overthinker. You And my mom mm -hmm. will say, you speak a lot, you 
overthink everything. And that's not a bad thing, but that's just the way you cognitively have learned and how you function. And so you just need to remember that it's okay, but to realize that most people are not thinking the same or feeling or even even conscious of anything that you're conscious of once it's in and out in the moment that it happened. And that's what I remember with anxiety. I remember that if I'm thinking about this so much, what are the chances that other person is giving that much of their energy and time to what I'm thinking about? Like, do I have that much time to process that information? Which is why I like, as you like to be busy and why I'm more of a workaholic because I can process stuff. But then if I'm so busy to the point where I can process it, but it doesn't linger, I have to let it go. Totally. And not to say, and not, I'm not trying, I was going to use the word delusional. I'm not saying that you're delusional, but I'd say Mm -hmm. the majority of our thoughts, when we start to overthink, they are not reality. There are stories we're making up, stories that we've created based upon past experiences. Correct. Based upon mostly past experiences, actually, mm-hmm. or trauma. That's the PTSD right? that figure, I mentioned. The PTSD. The yeah. And so, you know, what I've tried to tell myself at times is, or ask the question, is this the truth? Mm-hmm. Is this, this reality? Is the truth? Is this 100%? Can you tell me this was, is 100% the truth? Do you know that? Are these the facts? Nine times out of ten, I would, I would guess that you're telling yourself, actually, no, I don't have fully those facts to support this fear or this thought or this anxiety. So, exactly. you know, that definitely helps as well. Um, it totally helps. Yeah, it totally helps. And even you saying that reminds me as well. Relax. Oh well. Just relax. It's okay. Yeah, you're fine. And it's you, you know, know what you said to me yesterday. You said. It's okay not to be okay. Yep. And that's also okay, right? And that's the most powerful. And you know what, though? I actually got that line. And I'm not much of a music person. You're definitely more of a music listener and like mm-hmm. follower than I am. Love but yeah. one of my favorite songs, actually, and it wasn't even the original artist. It was a cover by a girl named Jillian Jensen, um, mm. who was a contestant one of my favorite contestants, I cried when I would watch her mm-hmm. on the second season of the X Factor USA because mm-hmm. um, it only had three seasons and then it now it's still in the UK and stuff, but and Australia. But when when Simon had it produced in the States, the second season, um, you can look it up on YouTube if you want. I'm sure she'd appreciate it. Jillian with a J, Jensen with a J, so Jillian Jensen. Mm-hmm. But it's um it's a her cover of um who you are um by jesse j oh interesting. yeah yeah and um and so there was a lyric that says it's okay mm -hmm. to not be okay something like that yeah yeah i mean and i don't know the full line of the the lyrics and in case if we get you know i don't know what the right word is if we get copywritten or whatever from saying a lyric for some reason i'm not going to say it but um, if you are curious, yeah, it's okay not to be okay. And something like that in the way that the tone was sang by Jillian Jensen's voice really, really hit me deeply. And I remember that. Jillian Jensen? Uh, Jillian, J-I-L-L-I-A-N. And oh, Jillian. Good Lord, people. I'm not getting yeah. that old. I did not hear that. I heard Jolene the whole time. Yeah, I'm Jillian. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Right. Jillian. But anyway, um, 
anyway that so yeah. when i that's when i when i said that to you i actually kind of thought about her lyric and i thought about her tone i'm like it's okay not to be okay because most of the time we're not okay no. and that's not and that's okay to admit too yeah it's one getting by totally and then by right and then one one more thing i'm just just gonna because we'll wrap it up here in a second um i could just like this is the thing we could just chat forever and ever so don't know if everyone wants to be like we're just, we're just we're just for 24 we're, hours straight we're just we're just awesome and that's just the bottom line yeah um but you know you just back to um making up making assumptions or, or creating stories of what other people mm -hmm. are thinking or how they're reacting or what their uh, you know what their their tone actually might be in an email or whatever that might be i forget what the percentage is but it's like a really high percentage of most of the time they're not thinking about you at all. They are being, I mean, I, just to use the word selfish, they're thinking about themselves. Most of the time, people are thinking about themselves, right? Yeah, it's true. So they're not even thinking about you. And somebody, um, actually, a, a therapist of mine from years ago said, oh, when I started to take on like other people's feelings or emotions, or this is a little bit different from what I'm just talking about, like I would get really upset about something that maybe my dad was going through or something like that. Or with like, you know, my parents got, this is a whole other topic of conversation. My parents divorced when I was in my early twenties. So, um, she said to me, Rachel, what, what they're going through, what someone else is going through has nothing to do with you. And you have, in a way you have no right to take their emotions. Like that's theirs they own those you don't have like not not that she was trying to like scold me but it's like you you don't those are not yours mm -hmm. yeah those are theirs like they that's their thing they own those like you don't have a right to take them on and own them i don't mm -hmm. know there's something something about the way she said that it was like oh my god you're right like they're that's, that's their shit. And like, I don't have a right to take that on. Like that's, mm -mm. that's theirs. Right. So exactly. Anyway, it's amazing. Whew. It's amazing. This is, a, this, is a, this is a juicy conversation. This is good. Yeah. And you know, sometimes actually a lot of the time people that are listening or watching, when we have these conversations, the two of us, we might've a very small schmeckle of an idea of what, what we might want to talk about, but nothing is scripted. So I don't have any notes around me. I don't like it's, this is very candid, very raw, very much just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And we find, I don't know, it just seems to, to hopefully work. So, you know, we're, we're doing it this way until yeah. it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it works for us. And I also, Rachel, cause Rachel was like, should we prepare for anything? Should we ask any questions? Like, you know what? go for it if that's your way of of how you cognitively think but mm -hmm. for me i'll be able to pull questions or have answers or have inquiries just by hearing the person speak and talk and then that way when we get to talk to these people because again as i said some of us know more about the guests some of us know less about the guest i kind of like that factor to be honest because then we might ask some questions that they're not used to being asked because we don't know anything prior and so it's kind of fun to not intentionally throw a guest off guard, but for them to think, huh, like I haven't thought of a question like that. I haven't thought of a discussion that might be the same way as that. And that comes from partially 
kind of that ignorance factor of not knowing someone from a previous state, but still knowing what they do, what they're known for, what they specialize in and what's important to them. It's important to know that information, but in terms of saying like, so tell me about this time when you and -and so-and-so did this, or tell me about a time when, you know what I mean? It's like when you go to a celeb on a red carpet and you, they expect to hear, okay, they're going to ask me about my love life. They're going to ask me about what dress or what suit I'm or wearing. a job interview. I mean, that's exactly right. what it's like. Right. And so, so that's, so you want to find the balance in having knowledge of who you're sharing your time with and having on your show. But you also want to make sure it's not so prehearsed or scripted that they also feel like they don't know what to expect because then it makes it exciting for them as, as a guest and for us as totally. hosts, right? Well, because I also think that if you have something like, and there's the, a few times that I have had a few notes of like things that I just wanted to make sure I did ask, not forgetting because there's something that I really want to know the answer to. But Yeah, totally. Yeah, but otherwise it, it kind of just feels like maybe that the person that's doing the interviewing is not actually listening. Because all they're doing is trying to get through a series of questions. And I saw actually very recently, there was an interview with Sasha Baron uh, Cohen um, Borat. Um, and because of that movie just coming out. And there was an interview he did with some American news, morning news show. And the woman wasn't even listening. Like, like he was, he was, had this, these great anecdotes. He was talking about the movie and he was talking about his co-star and she tried to interrupt just with, just with the next question. It wasn't even, she wasn't even listening to him. And so I was like, man, like you're, you're really on TV and you're, I don't know. It was, it was very fascinating. Well, you also wonder as well, if that person that was interviewing, if they were being directed by their boss and saying, you need to ask all these questions, you only give them this much time per answer. And if they start to go over, then you just start the next question. You also, we also, we also don't know the full story of it. And it would be unfortunate if that um, broadcaster interviewer, um, if, if they were actually the one that was indicating the pacing and the questions and they genuinely were not listening because that would, that would be even more disheartening, you know, maybe they genuinely didn't care about him. They, like some people have, they might have not. There, they're not even as interested in. So it's just like, okay, let's get this done. But yeah, it just, it was a very fake, like I loved his answers and his, cause I just love him. I, he's, he's great. I, I, I love him. He's great. But, um, she just, her mannerisms and just it was so fake it was just anyway (laughs) crazy right it was crazy but in any case um we can wrap this up if you like yeah no totally this has been great and as i mentioned like we have um we have guests on the show and then rachel and i also want to ensure that we also have moments whether if it's in between having guests that are confirmed and coming on the show or even if they are lined up we want to make sure that we have our discussions as well just the two of us because Mm -hmm. you know it is getting juicy with rachel and hero and friends and guests but it's also getting juicy with rachel and hero because we have a lot to share and to provide interesting feedback or insight on and so i think that's a unique angle for us to have with our show And we appreciate you tuning in, even if it's for five minutes or if it's the whole episode, or maybe you hear something and you share it with a friend that you think might be more connected. You know, we're not here to please everybody. We're not here. We're just being ourselves. We're just being us. And 
we figure that if we're feeling and being ourselves, that someone else is hopefully doing the same or trying to be just as authentic as we, we aspire to be, you know, so. Beautifully put. Thank and we you. do have some, and after actually this episode, we do have a number of guests that are lined up. So there's we do. some we do. juicy, very different um, guests from each other coming from different walks of life and different um, industries. So it'll be very, very juicy. Yes. And yeah. also I do, I do want to say this. Um, I do want to say this. Um, stay tuned for a brand new introduction and outroduction for Ooh. our customized theme music, which we've been yes. working on with an incredible um, close old friend of mine who um, is a very talented um, musician and, and songwriter and singer and like maestro I would say um she would probably be doing this right now like I'm so embarrassed <laughs> but um I won't say anything more than that but if you are listening to our show I think we hope you really like it because me and Rachel listened to it last night we're like this totally summarizes like yeah, it's own great. the context 15 seconds and I think yeah it was, I loved it and it's yeah and it's original so it's it's super I original. love that yeah yeah yeah, it's great. So I just wanted to leave that on the note too, is that we are super excited and we also have um, Thank you a customized, um, our own branding and our own logo in the development too. So we can't wait to share that with you too, whenever we have a chance to present it, but it's, it's all in the works. It's getting official. Ah! Very exciting. I was, yeah. Okay. We'll just, we'll just go. We'll leave, leave, leave on that positive note about continuing to grow and moving forward. Yes. Shall Planting we all? The seeds. Let's just, I was going to go back to the States again, but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> continuing to grow and moving forward. And I just, what the fuck? Like, yeah. please, please let's, let's, I mean, I know we're not American. We're not in the nightmare that, that um, they all have been the past few years, but mm-hmm. just praying, praying for y'all, y'all yes. down south. Yes, and that's all I can say. I pray for all of you too. But if we get more American immigrants here, all I can say is that American men, in my experience from traveling into the States, are way more direct, way more communicative. And if they want something, they go for it. So hit me up, boys, if you're coming into Canada, because I'm ready and I will definitely take advantage. And we welcome you. So, yeah, I mean, that's you, especially the gays. Especially (laughs) the gays. Come come to me. that's the interesting thing. Cause I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, Oh my God, like, Oh, if this goes um, in the direction that I'd, I'd say, I don't know. I don't even know if most of us feel this way anymore by the way the polls and the elections going, but a lot of us feel if it does go in that orange guy's direction, then yeah, there will be people crashing the immigration site again i think to canada <laughs> and canada said that we're even i read a headline i didn't read oh. the whole article canada is 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 anticipating that and supporting it Jesus. yeah so yeah. we'll leave it at that but we support you we are sending you all the love from vernon and vancouver and we'll be your emotional support humans or emotionally yes. emotional support canadians did you see that new um was kind of going viral right now. Someone on some guy on Twitter talked about being, he would be the Americans emotional support oh, wow. person. Wow. And he wrote a really cute tweet about it. And it kind of just, it got, went viral overnight. Wow. So everyone, a lot of Canadians are, are putting it out there and saying, we will be your emotional support. Canadians. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and I'll be your Canadian order husband in the making. So just saying, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. Uh, ready for you. 
Okay. All right. We'll leave it there, but have, leave a good it there. Rest, have a good rest of your morning and Thank you. we will talk very soon. And everyone stay safe, stay as sane as possible. I, I think I said, stay sane to someone, my yoga students. And she goes, who, what are you just assuming that I'm that, you know, I'm going to be sane ever in my life. Like maybe I kind of mm. like to be a bit insane. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Sure. Mm -hmm. Why not? A little bit of insanity. Never a little bit. Never hurt anybody. <laughs> no, a speckle of insanity. Schmeckle. Alrighty. Next sanity. So many made up words. I love it. Okay. Okay. We'll talk soon. Bye, everyone. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye. Mwah. Kisses. Bye.